Hello, beautiful people. This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin. Today's episode is a chopped up highlight reel of my interview in the past with Mr. Brandon Turner, Beardy Brandon of Bigger Pockets, and now of Open Door Capital, the mobile home park aficionado. Uh, this episode's pretty cool. It was a chopped up version of the full episode that we did in the past. So if you're interested in listening to the interview in its entirety, you can go in the show description and have a link there. Hope you guys enjoy. Also, don't forget to pay the fee. Pay the fee for the show. Send to at least one person you think would get value from this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get to it. The thing that impresses me the most about you, man, is not any of that, ironically, but the fact that you were on a webinar every single week, like clockwork, (laughs) teaching beginner level real estate. Like... How you do one thing is how you do everything. What kept you going? Because as you were rising up and as you were blowing up and you had all this following and you're doing bigger and bigger things progressively, that was one thing that you kept doing like clockwork. And you don't see that yeah. anymore. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I, not just to pat myself on the back, but to just talk about like success in general, what I haven't seen is like... A lot of people think success is like this event. It's, it's, oh, I won the contest. I won the trophy. I got the girl. I got the contract or the whatever, like the deal. Everyone like sees it as like the event. In reality, success is just a whole lot of very mundane actions taken in rhythm. I love the idea of rhythm, right? Like just over and over a drumbeat. An example of that be like in my company, Open Door Capital, we want to buy a bunch of real estate deals. We have a, a rule. We make 75 offers a quarter. 75 offers a quarter, 75 offers a quarter is basically one a day. And, and in order to make an offer, of course, we got to analyze probably 10 deals. So it's this rhythm to success and, and to build anything that most people don't see. It's like a magician. You go to a magic show and you see the magician do the trick. You don't see the 10,000 times they practice that trick and they were bored to death the entire time. So the webinar that I taught for Bigger Pockets was in a large part that way. That was the thing that I could just do over and over and over. And A, I love teaching new investors how to get started. I love, like, I never get bored, get like talking people through how to buy a duplex. Like, it's always fun. And I'm like, no, then you could get, you could rent out the other unit and live in one and live for free. And it's amazing. (laughs) And I get pumped up just talking about it. So, it one, it one, it's fun. Number two, when you talk over and over and over about a subject, you start like finding your voice in it. So, I, Mm. I crafted like most of my, speeches and my later books and and all that off of the things that I would teach on the weekly webinar. And the questions that would come in, that was all useful as well. And then of course I would record it and I could then take the clips later and throw them on social media. So there's a little bit of two birds with one stone aspect, but really, and then at the end of the day, the webinar at the end of it, it was an hour of education. And then 15 minutes of me talking about the bigger pockets pro membership, mm-hmm. the pro membership is where bigger pockets makes most of its money from. And then at the end of the day, it's if I just do that every single week, and I get better every single week at selling pro membership, over time, income goes up. And then the fact that we do it every single solitary week, there's a new group of people every week. And that is what made bigger pockets just tens of millions of dollars over the years of, uh, of just week after week. And some, so many entrepreneurs will go and do a webinar, right? Do a webinar. They will do a yeah. race for a deal. They will go make an offer. But it's the rhythm where the magic is found. I love that, man. And also, I'm noticing too, as I'm on this journey, like creeping up on one year now, I've realized that as you learn things and then you teach things, you retain them better. Yes, 100%. And then you sharpen and you get better. You sharpen, you articulate, you get better. And then all of a sudden, you got a newsletter 
And now not only are you doing the interviews and you're asking interesting entrepreneurs that are successful and free, now not only are you learning from them, but then you're taking everything that they're saying and you're like, okay, how do I chop this up and describe this in five minutes? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. You just refine your skills or whatever. So when people are like, wow, okay, I heard somebody yesterday, I went to a dinner and had a, a woman cook who was a really good cook. And then I heard one of the other guests at the dinner say, man, she's such an amazing cook. I just don't have that gift. And it was, it's Uh-oh. almost like, I'm like, it's almost insulting because I know the lady who cooked it yeah. has worked thousands and of thousands hours. of hours to get good at cooking. But it's like, that's the approach we all take. It's like, I just don't have that gift. So when people say that I'm good at talking on stage or I'm good at writing a book or whatever that thing that I happen to be good at doing is, I'm like, yeah, you get good after 500 episodes of a podcast over 10 years or over 500 yeah. webinars over the course of 10 years, like you get better. And so, yeah, my encouragement to anybody listening to this is anytime you're tempted to say it must be nice to be good at that or wow, they were born with that. Just know that it's almost never the case. It's always just years and years and years of practice. And that's what gives you the results. Exactly. And I want to hit on something that you just mentioned a little bit briefly before, and that is you hit financial freedom and then you're working 90 hours a week. Yeah. So what's cool about that is you're one of the contributors, right, to this, where it seems to me to be the default of $10,000 a month. That's what everyone says, no matter where. Like, I want $10,000 a month in real estate so I can go focus on real estate full time. (laughs) Yeah. And so you and Bigger Pockets and that whole community is what launched this. And now here we are where people are either getting closer or hitting that mark. And now they've realized that they've done none of the mindset work, none yeah. of the vision work to know what the heck they want to do and who the heck they are when they don't have that thing. Yeah, it's so true. How was that for you, especially post Bigger Pockets? Yeah, the number of people that I know who have achieved financial independence and financial freedom and wealth or sold some company for millions of dollars or tens of millions or hundreds of millions and then are just stuck. It's staggering. Like they just, they don't know what to do with themselves. Most, yeah, most people are that way. Most athletes, most celebrities, when they get done with whatever. And I think a huge piece of that is that their identity has been wrapped up in that thing. Like they are the guy from that company. So I had to hair before I did the work ahead of time. I knew that my time at BP was winding down. And so I worked for several months, maybe even several years, you could say, on tearing away my identity. Really, if you go back, I started Open Door Capital four and a half years ago. That was an initial tearing away of Brandon's the bigger pockets guy. I didn't want to be the bigger pockets guy. My entire company started because I was on stage at this conference of really high level real estate millionaires. And I was like, I'm the least qualified person in this room to be on stage. I don't deserve to be here. And so I swore to myself that day, I was going to deserve to be on that stage. It shifts constantly. But I want to know that if I lost Open Door Capital today entirely and bigger pockets went away entirely, if that all went away, who am I? Am I still totally comfortable with myself? That's where I want to be. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. That doesn't go away. I want to get into the business architect role. So sure. talk a little bit about that framework that you came up with, because I literally sent that to everyone when I heard you oh, say thanks, that, man. because let's hit about, tell them what the framework is, and then sure. let's go into the logistics of it, because I feel like that's an itch that needs to be scratched from people that were listening. Yeah, man. So this is yeah something I'm super passionate lately on. I've been thinking a ton about it. Maybe someday I'll write a book on it. I don't know. This is how books come out. And I just start thinking about things a lot. But what I noticed is Kiyosaki has this quadrants, right? There's like the employee and self-employed, employee, self-employed, business owner and investor. This is not that. That's different. That's like your role in an organization, I guess I would think of it as. This is more like a mindset thing. And what I realized is it's not cadet or general either. There is this idea of cadet in general, but 
it was more nuanced than that. It was deeper. And I wrapped it inside my own story. And here's the two minute nutshell. When I started, I was unclogging toilets and painting every unit. That is what I call the DIY mindset. Now, when I talk about mindset, what I mean is the way you solve problems. That's what mindset means is the way you approach a problem. So when I had a problem, like a clogged toilet, I approached it with the DIY. I will do it myself. Then after a while, I got tired of that, doing it all myself. And so then I thought I'm going to hire someone else to do it. So I hired my like mother-in-law to answer phones. I hired like a local plumber to go out and unplug the toilet. And then I would write the check to the plumber. or I'd even sometimes meet the plumber there and be like, yeah, let me unlock the door for you. So in other words, that, that that. Se- yeah, I hate that. I hate that role, but it's, I call it the project manager. It's yeah. not like a project manager is like deeply involved, but they're not physically doing the task. They like mm-hmm. all the little tasks. That's fine for some people. They might love that. And some people might love the DIY. Nothing wrong with it. Some people might like project management. I just didn't fit either one. So then the third level, which I feel like most business books will guide you to be. And that is what I call the COO mindset. It's the idea of I'm going to build a company and the company is going to solve the problem. So I'm going to be the COO or CEO, whatever title you want to put there. Again, this is about mindset, not titles. I'm going to be in charge and around me, I'm going to have employees. So I'm going to have a project manager over here. I'm going to have an acquisitions guy. I'm going to have this one. I'm going to have this one. And you are the center of that kind of like web and the people around you. And that's a great way to run a business. Most business owners would love to get to that level because now at that point, you're not doing much of the day-to-day at all. You're just leading a team. Yeah. You're just managing a team. But the key word is there, you're managing a team. And so even in that role, when I got to that point, I was like, I don't really like this. Like, I don't like having six people that report to me and all these like department heads that report to me. I don't care if I'm running the company. I still have to work 40 or 50, 60 hours a week to run this company. That sucks. And yeah, anyway, I don't want to do that. So I came up with this like fourth level because I looked at guys like Richard Branson isn't the CEO or C- maybe title wise, but he's not running anything. I doubt yeah. he knows half the company running. I took my buddy, David Osborne, who started GoBundance. David oh, yeah. Osborne, David, like when he buys a company or starts a company, he doesn't go hire four VPs and meet with them every week on and, and or every day. I'm like, so what is that role? What is that thing that very few people can do? And the way that the best word I can say, I've got two words that I interchangeably use. One is the architect, which comes from the matrix. Our architect in the movie, the matrix was like the guy who got to plan the whole thing. But wasn't in the matrix necessarily. Like he was more like above the matrix. I was like the architect, but really the, the word that I've been using more lately is the energy. Richard Branson energy. is the energy behind the Virgin empire. David Osborne is the energy behind it. So how does the energy guy, the architect, how do they solve problems? They hire one person, they hire a CEO or they hire a COO, whatever the title is. They hire that one person and say, go build me a business. So the difference being, let me tell you two completing stories and then I'll shut up. Number one, I wanted to build a kite selling business on Amazon. Well, like this is six years ago. But I thought selling kites, no one does that, but lots of people like flying kites. Why don't we sell them online? And <laughs> I pre-opened our capital. I was looking for a way to make more money. This is even before I wrote my book. So I was like, I need more like cash coming in. And my rentals, yeah, they make money. But as everyone knows with rentals, it's yeah, you a make business. a bunch of money. It's a business and you spend a bunch and then, oh, you need a new roof and you need a new water heater. Anyway, so I'm like, I need more money. Maybe I'll sell kites. And I had a buddy who was making like a hundred grand a month on Amazon. And I was like, all right, if this guy can do it, I can do it. So anyway, so the first thing I do, I go and hire my little brother. I love my little brother. Very smart guy. I'm like, hey, let me hire you for a whole year and you run the business. So I was basically acting like project manager. I grabbed him and I made him do it. 
After like six months, we didn't have anything. We ended up shifting to another product that was like wooden sunglasses. That didn't sell either. After a year and probably $50,000 of lost money, I finally shut it down because I didn't care about any of that stuff. Now contrast that with Open Door Capital. When I started that after that conference where I was on stage and I said, I'm going to deserve this, I went and talked to my buddy, Ryan Ryan Murdoch. He's awesome. I worked mm-hmm. with him before on a real estate deal. We had partnered together. I really thought he was a smart dude, but also not just smart dude, but culturally fit and had the experience needed, right? So he had all three. He had the, he was smart, he had culture, and he had the experience. And so I said instead, Ryan, this is my vision. I'm the architect. This is my vision. Go build it. I didn't yell at him to go build it, but I asked him, I was like, what do you think? He's like, I love this. I'm like, go build it. And he's yeah. I said, Ryan, and he went out there. It. Yeah. Go, yeah. And <laughs> Ryan go built build, it. Go, go build it. <laughs> go build it, man. Go build it. He built it. And I didn't have to build it. And so he built it. It was amazing. And so I got to play an architect. I got to cast the vision. I got to screw things are going up on a high level. And I get involved sometimes. I'll go do a webinar on when we're trying to raise money for a big real estate deal like we are right now. I'll go do a webinar. I'll go, uh, I don't, I've talked to two investors out of a thousand of our limited partners we have. I've talked to two of them on the phone ever. And that was like a very rare case. So I don't do most of that stuff, but the, the difference is mindset. So let me throw a, a, like a scenario at you. And then I'll, I promise I'll shut up. You're going to go start a carpet company. You're going to go lay carpet. You're not here for me, man. <laughs> you probably got lots of questions. All right. So you're going to start a carpet laying business, right? Yeah. I'm going to go lay carpet because I think that's going to be a successful business. Great. Nice. The DIYer goes to YouTube and types in, how do I lay carpet? How do I get a carpet stretcher? The next level, the project manager says, who can I find to lay some carpet for me? I'm a, I'll probably still take the phone call for now, but like, I, I'm a, I don't want to actually hurt my knees and get down on my hands and knees and lay carpet. So I'm going to hire these three dudes over here and they're going to come in and lay the carpet for me. The third level says, yeah, I think a project, I think a carpet company would be great. What does that company look like? I would need a VP of sales. I would need a VP of marketing. I would need a, a project manager to oversee the construction or the crew that lays it. I would need a finance guy and I would need a whatever, an office building. And they go boom and they just build that team. And now they're meeting with their four VPs every day, making sure the work gets done. Nothing wrong with that. But the architect, what they do, they go out and buy a carpet company or they find one dude and they're like, hey, go build me a carpet company. And that guy goes build a carpet company. And here's the key or here's the two super important points about this. Number one, no level is bad. It, it mm-hmm. is not a moral or ethical thing. There's no level that's bad. You might love being a DIYer. Nothing wrong with that. There's areas in my life I still DIY my stuff. This video, this quality video in front of me, I DIY this. It's my camera. I set it up. I like doing this stuff. It's okay. Wow. Right. Great yeah, job, no, Brandon. Thanks, man. So I like that DIY stuff when it comes to technology. Nothing wrong with that. However, while there's nothing wrong with every level has a limit. Yeah. You're not flipping 50 houses a year if you're doing all the painting. You're not going to build a $100 million business when you're answering the phone's customer service. It's just not going to be the case. So every level, the higher you go in the level, the fewer hours are required, but the more money you make. Think about McDonald's. Who makes the most money there? The owner. Who works the most? the frontline worker making $9 an hour. Like those people work the most, they make the least. The person at the top works the highest level mindset, works the least, but makes the most amount of money. So that's point number one is every level has a limit. And point number two, and this is vital, you get to choose where you start. And this is the thing that I wish somebody would have told me 15 years ago is I assumed that you had to work through this in order to get to the top level. I didn't even know architect existed, but I assumed mm. in order to have a company, you had to start DIY, 
move up and eventually hire some people and eventually pull yourself out. That's what everybody does is they say they're going to pull themselves out of their business eventually. But what if you ask the question, what if I started this with doing zero work or to pull Tim Ferriss's question from the four hour work week. If you had a gun against your head that mm-hmm. said you can only work four hours, hours a week at this, what would you do? And mm. that, that just asking that question changes how you think about building a business. And so today, the best way to get into that mindset, the best way to elevate your mindset is a hire the one below you, right? If you want to be a project manager, hire the DIYer, hire the person who's going to do the work. If you want to be an architect, hire a CEO or a COO, hire your leader. The second way to get in that mindset is to ask yourself WW like EMD or WBTD. What would Elon Musk do? Get that little bracelet, like WWJD bracelets we all had back in the 90s. Like get one of those little bracelets, but like WWRBD. He would tweet about it, but Elon Musk. So Elon Musk actually is probably not the best example because no, he is an architect, but he's he's an architect, but Elon Musk is probably also every other role because he's a freak and he's probably not human. So like Elon does all of it. He's probably down, right? He's on the floor. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is a better example. Elon, Richard Branson is probably the ultimate guy I can think of. Perfect. Like what would Richard Branson do if he was going to start a carpet company? Like, he yeah. would not learn how to lay carpet. Like this wouldn't even occur to him. He wouldn't even investigate whether that market had a niche, like there was a need for it. Somebody mm-hmm. else would do all of that for him because he's not. Now, obviously you can complain about money and it costs a lot of money to get there, but it doesn't actually. Like it's literally mindset and you get to choose. So there you go. Back to you. <laughs> and now for a brief commercial break yeah. <laughs> from Brandon's architect company. Hey, real quick, if you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it, so I need your help specifically. My two-year vision with this show is to help over one million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want, and I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.